Welcome to the Schmidt Show on News Radio 1310 KNOX AM and 1079 FM. Add your voice to the conversation. Call now at 775-5559 or send an email to live at knoxradio.com. Now, here he is, your host, Brad Schmidt. Good afternoon. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me. As the smooth voice lady says, 701-775-5559 is the number. Live at knoxradio.com is the email if you uh, if you want to jump in here and join the conversation. We're going to start off the hour number two, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, uh, with an interview um, with a presidential candidate. And I know it seems really early for having that discussion. And the um, the the idea that we're already talking about presidential elections in 2020 um, is really not that much earlier than it was when we started in 2016. As I mentioned, Ted Cruz announced in March of 2015 that he would be running. So he had almost 20 months. And so now um, this is the first candidate that I have heard that's actually made an official announcement. I know a lot of candidates have suggested that this is uh, something that they want to do, but none of them made an official announcement. So on the phone with me is a guy by the name of James Pepe. Um, he lives down in Houston, Texas, originally from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. So he's kind of one of us, I guess you could say, up here in the north. And uh, James, let's start with the the pretty simple question or the most obvious question why should we take you seriously? Because anybody that's not a, you know, a Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, you know, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton don't seem to have much of a chance of even being acknowledged as a candidate. So so let's start with that. Why should we take you seriously as a as a presidential candidate? Hey, Brad. Well, well first of all, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, and I appreciate the question, too. Before I get into it, let me just quickly zip up my pink fuzzy uh, uh, rabbit PJs and uh, finish the PB&J that my mom served me for lunch here in the basement and uh, (laughs) let you know kind of what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, um, believe me, when I decided to run for president, we knew very well that the question about seriousness would be be the first threshold. And and I expect full well that people will think that this is a joke. It's, It's not a joke. Let me just say that I'm the presidential candidate that regular Americans have been waiting for their whole lives. Hmm. If you think about it, Brad, every four years we get this, we all complain and whine about the quality of the candidates, the Republicans, the Democrats, the liberals, the conservatives, the, the, the rich celebrities who think they know more than we know uh, how we should live our lives. We always complain that we go to the polls and we vote for the lesser of two evils. Right. And we complain and complain and complain. And in fact, we see the, voter participation go down year after year after year with a couple of uh, exceptions because people are so sick and fed up with the status quo and the the establishment as it is. The truth is, ironically, I think Donald Trump's election was a reflection of that, of that frustration. And our country's been moving this way for a long time. So I think people want a leader like me. They want somebody they can believe in who comes from the same place they do. It's sort of a regular American, just like them, who's had similar life experiences isn't, you know, knows what it's like to, to face the everyday struggles in America that they do and, and can really relate to, to, to their, their challenges. And that's where I come from. I just think this is something that's needed. And I think the country's been moving this way. 
And um, the opportunity now exists thanks to the internet and social media, which is which changes the equation in terms of the finances that are required to run for president and win. And again, I think the Trump election um, shows us where the country wants to go. They want uh, more authentic, genuine leadership and, and less of the establishment status quo. Well, and I appreciate that answer. So that was kind of one of the things as I as I was teasing this interview at the start of the show. I said one of the hardest things for me to do will be able to to treat this as a serious interview. Sure. You know, I, I was lucky enough to um, have had opportunity to interview both Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina during the last presidential election cycle. And and when you see something like this, the first thing is you 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 start to think. And I, it was the very first question I asked you when I reached out to you on Facebook was. Mm-hmm. Is this real? Are you, are you, I mean, are you actually uh-huh. running for president or is this a joke? Uh-huh. Um, so that with with that kind of out of the way, because I, I think I think that is something that that all people are going to continue to ask you until, you know, maybe you make it to that stage where there is a debate right. with with President Trump or, or someone else. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about you, how you know what you do, how you you know, what's your business or, or whatever that that has given you the opportunity to be an actual candidate for the president of the United States. Well, well thanks for that. And, and, and again, thanks for your introduction too. That was, uh, that was kind. I, as you said, um, I am originally from, uh, Minnesota, uh, spent, uh, born and raised, spent most of my life there, uh, moved out of Texas a few years back for, for work. Um, I've had a diverse career in business. I, I actually started out, Brad, um, as a young man, um, in politics thinking that I, was going to take the sort of the establishment route to, to you know, uh, uh, exercise my idealism and, and change the world. And I really became disillusioned by sort of insider, like I said, establishment politics. It's really what seems to be really bad people, in Minnesota too, doesn't it? Yeah, right. It really what people think it is, and I, I, it really, like I said, disillusioned me. So I, I kind of uh, found a new path and and did a number of things. Most recently, I am uh, I've been a. Uh, uh, retirement planning investment advisor. So I help folks, uh, small companies and their employees with 401k plans and investing for retirement. So I, I, I learn a lot about what people are going through as they work hard to try to establish a little something in their retirement. So that's been a really kind of a, uh, a good education for me, frankly. Um, but uh, I've, I come from a big family in Minnesota. I'm the ninth of 12 kids. We grew up in a in a three-bedroom, one-bath, 950-square-foot house. I've had apartments bigger than that, Brad. Wow. And, um, and it was, we, were, we were the quintessential poor family that didn't know we were poor. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah, I kind of actually joked a little bit about that yesterday. That was my experience yeah. growing up. I, you know, we, we may have been poor, but I wouldn't have known because my mom did such a great job of managing it. Oh, yeah. Amen, right? My, my parents were terrific. Uh, really, like I said, poor economically, but rich in values, uh, valued education. It pushed us. Uh, most of my brothers and sisters and I have enjoyed some, you know, a decent success in, in, in business and in life and so forth and, and really made our own way. And, uh, and that really sticks with you, obviously, forever. I've, I've got four children of my own who are now grown um, and doing the best we can to pass on all those values and, and the traditions. And so, again, I, I think I'm a regular American, just like the vast majority of people who I think are increasingly frustrated with the way our government works and are looking for something different. One of the things uh, a text messenger actually brought up, and it's a it's a great point. Text messenger to the show says, without getting on the debate stage, no chance for anyone. Yeah. They base that on polling. Right. So how does he plan to be able to get on the debate stage on the national stage? Yeah. 
let me let me let me see if I can summarize our, our plan and our strategies. No secret, okay. Brad. I'm happy to share with people. Right. The the importance of the early primary states. I'm challenging Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. Okay. So the you are that was that, that was the other question I was going to ask. Are you going to yeah. are you going to challenge through a party? You're going to try to be independent. No, I, I, I believe that it's third party. I understand the desire for third party uh, sort of sort of viability of these states, but I don't think it's we're quite there yet. I okay. think that if you really want to make a difference, you got to go and take over the Republican Party in this case and, and change it for the better. Okay. But but my, our plan is very practical. The early primary caucus states, Iowa and New Hampshire in particular, are sort of your screening points. They're sort of, sort of where the nation, those voters in particular, audition candidates like me. We plan to be on the ground uh, heavily in those states uh, starting soon and doing grassroots, old-fashioned grassroots campaigning combined with, with new media, social media, et cetera, to demonstrate viability, to demonstrate that we're serious, to demonstrate that, that, that my candidacy represents what regular folks really want. And we know, we know uh, frankly, that six out of ten or more Republicans, even though they may support generally the president and the way things are going, the economy's not too bad and all that sort of thing, but they're not really happy with the way he conducts himself as president. And they would like to see, I think, the same sort of measure progress, but with a, a more dignified brand of leadership and honesty. And I think somebody, again, who can relate to them a little bit better. So we're going to go on the ground and we're going to demonstrate that kind of, that kind of character and that kind of leadership and, and, and look to earn support in those states. And what will happen is that uh, if we're successful, as we begin to inch up in terms of, uh, the reflections in public opinion surveys and that sort of thing. We'll begin to get some of that attention from the local media and then eventually the national media. And, and that, this will begin to snowball. And the reason why we're so confident is because all of our research indicates that, again, most Americans really want this. They've wanted it for a long time, but frankly, Brad, they just, for all the reasons you've been talking about, they just don't believe it can happen. Mm-hmm. So not believing it can happen becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. They don't want to lend their support. They don't want to lend their money. Don't want to do that because they feel like it's a wasted effort. We have to convince them that it's not. That there is an opportunity. The door is open because of recent changes in politics, but again, because of the internet, that we can have this kind of leadership in America, exactly what people have wanted for a long time. But, you know, we're going to inch our way up and we're going to show that in Iowa and New Hampshire. And then when the snowball starts moving downhill, and you guys know all too much about snow up there, which is why I came to Texas, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. But, but when it starts going downhill, is when the uh, is when the media will pick up on it. And by the way, your your texture is, is is spot on as well. We think that'll lead to getting us on the debate stage with Donald Trump, and we can't wait for that. You know, one of the things that that you you touched on there is is I, I let me see if I can maybe summarize how I would see a candidate like yourself. Um, because you, you, you mentioned that, that Donald Trump has done a few good things and I, I was, I actually did not vote for Donald Trump. I'm a, I'm a diehard conservative. I'm a, I was actually a never Trumper. I was a Ted Cruz supporter. Um, so I'm there with you. I'm, I'm that guy that look, I I get that some of the stuff he's doing is good, but man, I wish he'd be a little less, you know? So am I, am I, am I accurate in describing you as someone who would have the aggressiveness of Trump in pushing policy forward? but maybe the more polished character or demeanor of somebody like a Ronald Reagan or a, or a George W. Bush. Is that an accurate description? I, I, I hope it is. I'm going to take that as a compliment and as a challenge. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I believe in, and that's, uh, that's exactly the way I want to move forward. 
do you do you worry about or do you do do you are you concerned about the running the risk of oversaturating the the market so to speak i mean we just finished the the uh the the mid um the mid um uh, term cycle um people are politicked yeah. out i mean up here especially yeah. we had a really really um knockdown drag out race with with Kevin Kramer and Heidi Heitkamp and people are just tired of campaigning do you worry that's going to hurt you in the yeah. long run I, I do worry about it a little bit um and, and we've been sort of you know foundation building for a little while now several months so i am worried about that brad but the nature of our grassroots effort and of course the nature of this this crazy concept to begin with just dictates that we have to we, we need all the time we can get to to reach people and to again to begin that slow sort of uphill climb to get people to believe that that this is actually doable in this day and age. Okay. So I'm I'm concerned about what you're talking about, but I don't. We don't feel like we really have much choice in that in that regard. All right. Well, I need to I need to take a quick uh, time out here for a second. Can you hang with me and we'll we'll talk a little bit I'm more. I'm happy to. All right. We'll continue our discussion with James Pepe. He's running for president. He lives in Houston. He's from Minnesota. He's a Yale grad and and. Uh, Seems like a pretty intelligent guy, so we'll continue that discussion in just a few moments. This News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 107.9 FM. Good afternoon. It's News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 107.9, FM. I am your host, Brad Schmidt, and on the phone with me is James Pepe. He's running for president already. Started, uh, well, he's been running for a, for a while now. Uh, James, thanks again for, for joining me here. Um, I want to I wanna kind of ask a couple of the, the policy-based questions sure. um, as, we, as we continue this discussion. Of course, you know, the, the, the question of are you serious, the question of how are you going to do it, those are going to be questions mm-hmm. that you're going to be asked ad nauseum for the next several months. Mm-hmm. What about the policy stuff? Where do you stand? I mean, I, I, there are things as, as much of a, a frustration as I have with President Trump sometime. There's some things that I like he's done. I like the tax cuts. Yeah. I, I like the push for, for tougher immigration uh, laws and things like that. So where do you stand on some of that stuff? There are some of those things I like too, Brad. Um, the, to, 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 be, to be blunt about it, my concern is that, is that I, I just have a hard time trusting the president that that even though things in many respects have been going the right way, that he'll stick with them, that he won't negotiate them away if he feels like it's in his personal best interest to do so for one reason or another. So I have a hard time trusting that going forward. But I, too, like a lot of the directions that we're going on, like the tax cuts. On the tax cuts, I'm concerned or I'm bothered, if, if you will. But his tax cuts are very much like George W. Bush's tax cuts. And if you'll recall, those tax cuts were temporary because the president wasn't able to get bipartisan support. Right. And... And so, so Trump's tax cuts are going to expire in 10 years unless the Congress comes around to, to making them permanent. And, and that takes leadership. And I think that's really the president's failure is his ability to build consensus and, and get bipartisan um, uh, uh, support on something as important as that. By the way, not the first president in recent memory to have that same problem. Obama mm, did, and right. so did George W. So, so this isn't unique to him, but that's what we need. We need a president who can truly begin to unite us and reach across the aisle and build consensus on some of these things. And I think that opportunity is out there. 
we just haven't gotten there yet. So, yeah. so yeah, I want to I want to incentivize business to expand and grow and to create more jobs in this country. And I and I want to you know if we have to use a tax code to do that and, and regulations where where Trump has rolled back some of that business regulation, I'm for that as well. Um, uh, other issues where I think in general his instinct is right: immigration. Mm-hmm. We we need to secure the border, of course. Who no one's in favor of illegal immigration. However, I think it's well, also the left important is. that the president. Well, fair enough. I think that the president needs to use the bully pulpit first and foremost to make it clear that we're not against immigration. We just need it to be orderly and to make sense for everybody's sake, including those folks who are wanting to come. I don't think the president done a good enough job of that. I think he's really wanted to emphasize this wall business, which, again, I know where he's coming from, but... That, that tends to emphasize the, the negative and the fear-mongering, if you will, and the demonization of immigrants. And as, as a grandson of immigrants, I, I don't care much for that. I, yeah. I want to see an emphasis more on, let's do this, let's get this immigration working, let's get it working right. Okay. And again, I think the president kind of means that, but he doesn't, he doesn't uh, uh, promote and advance that very well. And again, I, want, I think that's a failure of leadership. I want to come back to the discussion of immigration. We'll have to do that after the news if you can stick around. But sure. I, I want to I come can. back to that. I want to st- come back to that because that's a huge issue. Um, but before we we do that, I, I want to just kind of how do you? One of the things that you said is always a red flag for me. Whenever somebody starts talking about bipartisanship and, and reaching across mm-hmm. the aisle, that always concerns me because I've said many times I'm sick and tired of the Republicans. Um, "Quote unquote," um, uh, negotiating with the with the yeah. left. I, I'm sick because yeah. every time the Republicans negotiate from the left, we give away the farm and and end up getting just absolutely raked over the coals and get nothing accomplished that we were hoping for. So, bipartisan support, you know, and and reaching across the aisle, those are a little bit of a red flag for me. So, what do you mean? Understood. What do you mean by that? Well, Brad, let me just ask you, let me put in the form of a question for you. When was the last time we saw that work from Republicans? Yeah, good question. Reagan. Yeah. Reagan, right, with a yeah. Democrat Congress. Now, I'm not sitting here uh, telling you that I'm the next Ronald Reagan. Boy, man, if I could be half as good a president as Ronald Reagan was, I'll take it. Right. But, but Reagan worked with a very hostile Democrat Congress, and he got permanent tax cuts. He won the Cold War. And on and on and on. And what was the price he paid? You know, we, we looked at the deficit for a while. We did. Yeah. And, and those were, that was the trade-off. Now, that's a hard choice. And in retrospect, maybe we'd do that a little differently. But Reagan knew how to, to reach bipartisan consensus and get some things done. And I haven't seen a president since then who's either had that ability or that interest in doing that sort of thing. And that's the model that I want to I wanna try to replicate as best I can. Um, Reagan was the first president I had the privilege of voting for as, a, as an 18-year-old. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of, again, like I said, the model that I look to. Uh, would I do some things differently? Of course, we're all, we're all different. But, but there is an opportunity for bipartisan consensus. You, you, I think I heard you earlier talking about some of my positions in particular on, um, on climate change. I know you want to talk about that, right, too. Yeah. But, but, but I want to emphasize, I, I know where there's hard disagreements among us and, and kind of how those come about. But I really want to emphasize those points of agreement. If we can all agree that the United States should really lead the world in, in uh, energy technology the same way we have in space technology or, or software and computer technology, um, if we can agree on that, don't both sides get something they really care about? We right. get business acumen and leadership and, and, and economic prosperity out of that. And while 
while those who are really adamant about climate change can, can feel like we're making progress down a path that at least makes some sense for yeah. them. I think emphasizing those points of agreement is where we can find some bipartisan common ground and start moving the country ahead instead of just being stalled on these, on these hard sort of extreme opposite positions where we don't get anything done. All right, I've, I've got to run to the newsroom, and, yeah. and I think there's a lot to get into there. Let's talk a little bit about the climate change sure. stuff and the immigration sure. stuff when we come back from the news. Um, my name is Brad okay. Schmidt. My guest is James Pepe. He's running for president, and we're already talking about it. It's, it's you know, it seems early, but uh, maybe not as early as we think. News Radio 1310, Kano XM 107.9, Kano XFM. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 775-5559 is the phone number. Live at KanoXRadio.com is the email if you want to join the conversation or jump in here on any of the discussion we're having. My guest is on the phone with me. His name is James Pepe. He's running for president. And uh, again, I know that seems a little bit early, but for political junkies like me, it's perfect. And uh, he's... Uh, Currently living in Houston, Texas, uh, originally from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. One could say he is kind of like one of us up here in the north, um, especially as close as we are to uh, to North Dakota here, or to uh, Minnesota here in Grand Forks. So, uh, James, thanks again for joining me, and thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, and let me let me also say this, James. I, I I genuinely kind of expected to to cut you loose after the first uh, segment. I figured this would probably be one of those. Uh, the rent is too damn high kind of interviews and, and things like that. Because anytime you get somebody that's, that's running for president that's willing to share their personal cell phone number and all that kind of stuff is usually not somebody who's serious. But it's been refreshingly uh, informational um, and, and a positive interview, and I really appreciate you. Uh, I, I sure appreciate that sharing uh, your that. sharing your time with us. So um, let's. I want to talk real quick about the the climate change thing first because I yeah. I'm not saying that climate change isn't real. I don't believe it is for the reasons that we have been sold. Um, and my yeah. view of climate change is I, I think you and I probably agree on this is I don't have yeah. a problem with taking care of the environment because as an outdoorsy type of guy who grew up hunting and fishing and things like that. I want to see the environment protected. I want to see things taken care of. Um, I just don't want to be lied about Amen. why we're lied to about why we're doing it. Yeah, you're right, Brad. We are very much alike that way. And and I have a lot of questions about the way the other side presents their arguments and their so-called facts and all that sort of thing. And and I I'm just I I think I'm like a lot of people. I'm frustrated that that sort of never the twain shall meet. Right? We and we all harden our positions based on the arguments like we're having right now that. That don't get us anywhere when there are ways that we can move forward where we can all feel like we've we've gotten something out of it and we've moved the ball forward a little bit i think climate change is real but i i have no idea how much uh humanity has contributed to that and therefore how much we we are able to fix it right so so i think those are real questions and we should continue to seek those out but in the meantime who doesn't think that we shouldn't be looking for you know, better, more efficient, and, and sustainable, cleaner sources of energy. You know, the the mythical uh, never die battery. You know, things like that. Of course, we should, and America should lead that that search, just like we lead everything else, really. Yeah. So that's why I want to focus on the positive on what we can do, as opposed to let's just keep fighting the same fight over and over again and get nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I got a couple of phone calls here. Do you mind taking a couple of questions? I'm happy to. That'd be great. All right. Let's uh, let's jump onto this one first. You're on the Schmidt Show. What's on your mind? Are you there? 
Is that me? That's you. Go for it. You got a question? Oh, hey. Sorry, I didn't hear the... Uh, the whoosh? Yeah, here's... <laughs> yeah, the whoosh, whatever that is. Hey, here's you, James. This is, this is my question for you. I, I, like your, I like your approach. I like your tone. That's part of my beef. A big Trump guy, believe me, I can't stand the other side for a million reasons. Yep. But here's what, here's what I do like. Uh, he is going after the hard things. And it's really easy to find consensus about, hey, let's make a better golf ball. Or, yeah, the, maybe the climate's getting warmer. We don't know why, but it's good for the climate. So do, that's fine. Do that stuff that all the politician types just can agree on. But he's going after the hard stuff. Build me a wall. And I'll tell you what, we do need a wall. And he just says it like it is. Um, how are you going to go after and be effective to get the hard things done because we can put any idiot in that office, and they can get the easy things done with those Democrats. How are you going to get the hard stuff done? What's your plan for that to work through three different political branches of government? Because you still got to play both sides a little bit in give and take. But how are you going to get the hard stuff done that the country needs and not just burn four years of smiles and get 51% of the vote? <laughs> good question. Good question. Thank you for the, for the call. Very, very good question. I appreciate that. Let me say first that... that I disagree a little bit with the premise, right? In that, I don't. None of the idiots in the recent past have gotten any of the easy stuff done either, really, <laughs> much of anything. So the things we're talking about, I, you know, let's let's call it low hanging fruit. Let's let's take some of those victories. Let's move the country ahead on some of these kinds of issues, whether you want to call them easy or not. Let's let's take some of those and let's mm. build some momentum and some progress. Um, I think we we'll, we might we all might agree or disagree on what some of the hard things are. But that's again where where the president has to has to show a different style of leadership uh, that that reaches out to the American people, regular folks like you, um, and can bring people together across the political spectrum to put pressure on on members of Congress to start really showing their their responsibilities and their leadership. Again, I I don't I'm going to probably repeat this a lot, Brad, over not just today but for the next year and a half or whatever. But that's what Reagan did. He got a lot of stuff done with the Democrat Congress because he got the people behind him to help push and get that done. And while I respect Trump for the way he, he can fire up his base, he has not been able to expand that beyond, beyond that to the point where the Democrats who now control the House, of course, feel any real pressure from their constituencies to do anything. So, so I'm going to try to do some of the same things that Trump's doing, but, but, but try to be more expansive in getting the, 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 the broader public on my side. And working with me to pressure the Congress to do some of these things. Start with the low hanging fruit, move on to the hard stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but but and, and maybe it'll, maybe you'll get it tomorrow. But President Trump hasn't gotten that wall on the border, and he sure as heck hasn't gotten Mexico to agree to pay for it. In fact, he's threatening to shut the government down for it, and that may all work out really well in the end. It might, but it hasn't yet. So, and he hasn't he wasn't able to get permanent tax cuts. He got a party line vote on tax cuts. George Bush got the same thing. So I'm not sure that Trump has been any more successful in getting the hard things. I appreciate the fact that he's going after them, but we need, I think, to have a leadership that, that has a greater potential to get those things done. Well, I appreciate that. Let's. Uh, we got one more phone call here real quick. Let's take this one. You're on sure. the Schmidt Show. you got a question for Mr. Pepe. Brad. That's you. Go ahead. Oh, what was the guy's name? I, I, I missed it. James Pepe. How do you spell the last name? P-E-P-P-E. -P -P -E. Okay. Oh, cool. And which party is he going to represent? He is. He's running for the. Uh, he's running for the Republican nomination. He's going to try and try and take Trump out in the primary. Okay. Well, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a question? Thank you. And 
Well, I just got a, I got a comment. Uh, okay. What do you think about Donald Trump taking down the fence at the White House? Taking down the fence? Yeah. Well, we don't need fences. We don't need well, walls. Right. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, just, just for an example, I mean, no, we need protection in this country. Just, just you know, of course. order it done and don't look do up, it. But just look, to make hey, an example. Said, I'll tell you, I, right. I, I'm all for border security. I'm all for border security. And, I, and we've got a lot of that now. We can... I'm a little apprehensive about a wall, and as much as I, I think it sends the wrong signal about what this country has always been about, I think that's a, a reasonable difference of opinion that people can have. But right. I'm all for border security and doing a better job of controlling the flow of, of traffic across our borders in both directions. So I'm all for that. Let me. So James, I think that's a good kind of a good transition into the discussion of immigration. Let me when sure. I. When I think of immigration, I've said several times, it's actually a, a pretty simple solution. It's not going to be easy, but it's a simple solution. And, yeah. and the, the idea being that I think the answer to immigration is, number one, we've got to secure the border. And whether, whatever that looks like, whether it's a wall or whether it's some sort of drone coverage or, or yeah. whatever's happening. And not just, things, right, and not just a border wall, not just a, you know, I'm talking about immigration at airports and overstaying visas exactly. and all that kind of thing. We got to, number one, the first thing we got to do is secure the border. The second thing we need to do, I'm with you. I think we need to make it easier for people to come here illegally than it is for them to come here legally because we want immigration. We want people from other cultures and other parts of the world to come and be a part right. of this grand, awesome, amazing thing that is the United States. Amen. And then the final thing I think we need to do is deal with the people who are already here. Whatever it looks like, you know, and I'm not saying we just start mass deporting people or whatever. And I don't know if that's the part that I don't have all of the answers for, but that would be my approach to immigration. Secure the border, uh, make the reform the, the process so people can come here more easily. And then finally dealing with the people who are already here. Does that, I mean, is that kind of where you're at? Yeah. You want to run ice for me, Brad? I think you got it. <laughs> I think yeah, that would I be. Think that's, no, I, I do. I think that's it. Okay. Well, and that, and I think then you and I are going to probably find some common ground on that. One says, uh, not only, Brad, not only you and I, but I, again, I think, I think you'll find the vast majority of regular Americans feel the same way. No, I, I think but you're probably I, right. It's, it's simple, not easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very simple. It's, it's not always going to be easy. Um, yeah. I'm a huge second amendment guy. I'm a big gun guy. My son and I shoot trap yeah. together. We're actually going to be traveling to Tucson, Arizona for a national trap shooting competition in February. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Second Amendment supporter, so that's the, for me, I've got to ask that question. And another text message, you're yeah. asking the same thing. Where do you stand on the Second Amendment? Well, how's this? Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, as romantic as I am, I bought my fiancé a 9 millimeter Glock for Christmas. <laughs> that's it. So, Sounds that's like my kind of guy. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how, she loved it. She's yeah. in Texas, and she loves it. So, yeah. but, but no, I, I support the Second Amendment. Now, I'm going to say this, Brad, and some of your listeners won't like it, but but clearly, we're going to have limits, right? Of I mean, course, we have limits right. already. We, yep. we don't. We, we if we can help it, we don't sell to mentally ill people. Right. We have uh, waiting periods and background checks. Uh, waiting periods so that we can do background checks to make sure that they're not mentally ill or or convicted felons or whatever. So yeah. we already limit that. So I'm, I'm all for some reasonable limits. Uh, you know what I like to see, Brad? This is one of the core uh, uh, proposals of my can my campaign. I want to see a constitutional convention where we do a number of things. And, and I will, I will advance that as president. But one of the things I think would likely come, could come out of that would be, and again, I know some people will initially react uh, negatively to this, but hear me out. I think that we can rewrite the Second Amendment to make, to take out all the ambiguity that, that creates con uh, constitutional and Supreme Court arguments today mm. and make it crystal clear 
that the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms is inviolable. Mm. That that's what it means. Not we're not talking about 18th century colonial militias. We're talking about here and now today. Americans have the right to own handguns to protect them, their families and their homes. Okay. Um, but I think it would, we also need to find some language that says there needs to be some reasonable limits again, starting with the background checks and that sort of right. thing. Um, that's where most Americans are. Most Americans don't want to take away their guns, and nobody wants to get on that slippery slope. And I think a, a rewritten constitutional amendment can prevent that. See, and and I'm I'm not entirely opposed to that. One of the things that I'm glad you didn't say, and as the text messenger pointed out too, is that oh, you know, people should be allowed to hunt or sports shoot or whatever. That's never what yeah. the Second Amendment was that's ever about. Right. I appreciate yeah. that, and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. That's that's one of the the, the things that I'm going to stand on. By the way, Brad, I come from a family of hunters and fishermen too, and we we all do that kind of stuff. So we're right with you both both on the gun issue and also on the environmental and conservation issues. That, uh, couldn't agree with you more to your point earlier. So one one text messenger says um, they're a little concerned about the the idea of the climate change stuff, and I, I'm not sure that's as big as a, of a deal for me. Like I said, as long as as long as the whether it's the government or whoever is going to be honest and say, look, we're not doing this to try and stop climate change, and we're not going to make you pay ten dollars a gallon for gas to stop right. climate change. Right. We're we're doing this, that, or the other because it's it's what needs to be done to to make sure we don't end up with the smog problems that we had in L.A. and New York and stuff back in the eighties yeah. and, and things like that. Right. So, um, let me. I, I got to take one last break. Can you stick with me and come back and we'll talk a little bit? Give me the the. I'm I'm James Peppy and I approve this message kind of statement. Right, right. <laughs> All right, hang with me. The Schmidt Show continues next. It's News Radio thirteen ten Kenwax AM one zero seven nine FM. News Radio 1310, Kano XAM 107.9, Kano XFM. I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. On the phone with me is James Peppy. He's running for president uh, from Minnesota, now living in Houston, Texas, and uh, sharing his thoughts on why he wants to uh, oust Donald Trump and be the next Republican president of the United States in 2020. James, a couple of text messages come in, said folks are a little concerned about the idea of rewriting the amendments. Um, let me clarify. Mm -hmm. And then you tell me if I'm, if I'm understanding what you said correctly, as I understood what you said is you believe that the second amendment is, is for the individual right to keep and bear arms. It's not necessarily about some military thing or, or whatever, but it is the right of the individual specifically to keep and bear arms and, that you, if you were to rewrite the Second Amendment or clarify it, that's what it would be about, and not not in in curtailing the rights of the citizens to keep and bear arms. Am I correct in saying 100%, that? Hundred percent. I want to I want to end the, the confusion and the and the argument, if you will, that where where folks on the left say that it, it doesn't it, the world was different than it was in the 1700s. I want to I want to clarify and make no doubt about it that. Americans have the right to own guns. So that's as simple as I can put it. Okay. So, so, it, and what you're talking about is the constitutional convention is kind of what, like, what, uh, what Mark Levin has been calling for with the convention of states and, and things like that, right? Is what you're talking that's about. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. exactly what it is. And by the way, one of the things that I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be the lead advocate, I would help frame that. I think that's what the American people would come up with as, as positions like that on guns. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that would be a no brainer to come out of that. Uh, and frankly, I have some mixed feelings about it personally, uh, Brad, but I think we'll finally get term limits out of that, congressional term limits. Oh, I'd love to uh, see a repeal of the 17th Amendment, absolutely. 
Yeah, so stuff like that, I think is I, I think is is long overdue, and we could save a lot of time and money in terms of these constitutional fights that never go away because people argue over what they meant in the, in 1776. Well, in in case we run out of time, in case we run out of time, I want to say thank you real quick. But before we, before I let you go, we got just a couple of minutes here. Give us the I'm James Peppy. I approve this message. Yeah. This is why I'm running. This is why I want your vote and and all of that. Well, thanks again, Brad. I really appreciate you having me on. Listen, here's what I want people to know. Uh, your listeners and regular Americans everywhere, look, if you believe in what I'm talking about, that this country needs somebody who's more like you, more like a regular American citizen, not a, not a, not a long in the professional politician, not a rich and famous celebrity who thinks they know better, you know, not a corporate titan who, who you know, again, is in some ivory power someplace. But just a regular American who's got common sense and can lead this country. But you just don't believe it can happen because of the money or those other kinds of issues. I'm asking you to sort of come out on the limb with me. Believe in it. Um, find a way to support. Go to our website, uh, peppy2020.com, or to our Facebook page or other social media pages. And, and take that leap of faith with me because I think the time is now. And I think that social media and, and other advents allow us to overcome that financial obstacle. And really this comes down to whether regular people can be- want to believe in this or not. I think the time is right. I think they do. And that's what we're fighting for. And we're going to be on the ground in Iowa, New Hampshire, and elsewhere in the country promoting that idea that it's time for, for one of us to step forward and lead with some common sense and help to bring this country back together on a, in a way that I think people can be proud of again. So that's, that's what we're all about. That's the message that I approve of. And um, I, like I said, we've been, we've been well-received everywhere. We've had a chance to talk to people. We just need to reach more. We're going to do that through social media and through the good graces of uh, nice folks like you, Brad, to let us on and talk to you folks. And um, I, I'm looking forward to being able to meet some of your listeners and, and answer their questions directly, hopefully on, online or wherever. Well, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate the time and, and thank you for, for, uh, for sharing your thoughts. I, I really did. Uh, and, and I, I don't mean this as an insult to you in, in any way, shape, no, or form, but, cool. but anytime, you know, the, 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 a guy, look, I, I'm in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I realize I'm not Fox News or, or whatever, yeah. you know, my platform isn't near as big. So anybody, t- anytime somebody reaches out to a guy like me, it, it seems a little, uh, less than than uh, credible, but it it seems to me that you've obviously thought this through. Um, I'm not there. I'm not sure I'm there yet, um, but I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to to speaking with you uh, more as the uh, as the campaign uh, go, goes on. So, uh, James, thanks again, and with that, we will uh, we'll talk with so you much, again Brad. soon. Appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great day. I'm Brad Schmidt. This is the Schmidt Show. The music means we're out of time for our number. Two, hour number three, Noah's going to be joining us. He's a tech geek. We're going to talk with him about what you need to know about tech for Christmas and the Christmas season. So that's all up next as well. News Radio 1310, Kenwax AM 1079, Kenwax FM.